0: Hi, this is Mike Brussel, voice of Living with the Land and the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover. We invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy your grand circle tour of Tomorrowland with the Mickey Dudes Podcast. And now, from the
1: Monsters Inc. podcast Here's your master of ceremonies Wisowski Hello humans
2: Hello humans Well this is your host Jeff Williams of the Mickey Dude's podcast This is a very special edition of the Mickey Dude's podcast I'm out here in California and ironically at the Disneyland Hotel I was fortunate enough to be invited by my friend the Tim Tracker out to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge media event. We were given a one-hour Q&A session with Imagineering. Uh, no video or uh, was allowed, but uh, audio recordings were allowed. So I thought I would post this Q&A with the Imagineers. They will all introduce themselves and a lot of cool insights to the new land that we'll be getting uh, on both coasts eventually. Currently it's only open at the Disneyland Resort. But eventually, later this year, August 29th, it'll open at Disney World. I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, I know it was a lot of fun for me. Uh, expect a future review of the land and the food and the ride uh, at a future date. Thanks.
3: As we say here at, uh, not here exactly, but at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, Any of you know that fun saying they use to welcome you? Right. Bright, bright. suns. Sun. Yes, bright suns so, to all of you and to see him, you know, to be rising moons. We're glad, uh, very glad that you're here to experience and explore this new land in Disneyland Park, the ninth land in Disneyland Park. You're gonna have a really, really exciting time today and we look forward to uh, seeing you explore that and seeing your coverage and posting. To uh, start us off, we have a really uh, fabulous panel that's going to share with you some behind-the-scenes insights about the park, what the guest experience is gonna be like, how they developed it, so, I'm going to go ahead right away and um, introduce our panel, starting cool. with Corey Rouse, who will be our moderator today from Walter's yeah.
4: Are, we've all become friends, so th- I'm just so excited about this conversation we're about to have. Um, boy, uh, tomorrow is a big day for us, so thank you all for being here. Um, and uh, what I'd love to do is uh, introduce everybody here on the panel. First of all, uh, Margaret, you, that's your name. Yes. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> that's right, you know. right.
5: So my name is Margaret Carrison, and I'm the Managing Story Editor for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Walt Disney Imagineering. Good. Uh, For the Luke's Film Story Group.
0: Basically, professional Star Wars nerd. Nice. I'm your head foodie on the panel, Michelle Jenner. Yeah. Woo! You want to work your way in? Hi, I'm Anisha. I'm the creative producer for the Star Wars Datapad experience and play Disney Parks. <laughs> And Brad Schoenberg. I'm Director of Merchandise Strategy and New Park Experiences Development. I believe I have just crossed the six year mark where I've been thinking about Galaxy's Edge, so I am thrilled to be here. <laughs> 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 you know, I realized I
4: didn't introduce myself. <laughs> <laughs> I just started talking at you. Uh, so, my name is Corey Rouse. I'm a creative director for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, uh, with really working with all of everyone up here on uh, really kind of immersion uh, and it's kind of the overall land uh, engagement from uh, not only from our characters, Mm -hmm. our alien species that we were able to create, uh, but also all the way to like the cast members and as well as the guests themselves. Like uh, how do we all come together and create Star Wars together every day?
3: Corey, Can I interrupt for one commercial message? I apologize. Sure. (laughs) So I forgot to uh, mention that uh, you are welcome to take photos here today, however, no videotaping. Um, As you can imagine, you know, the star today is really the land of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, so if you're posting photos and video, we would love for you to post about the land. This team is going to do a remarkable job, but uh, we've asked that you do no videotaping. It's a little bit tough even with uh, photos in here, particularly flash with the lights, so um, thank you for all uh, honoring that. Back to you. Thank you. The pressure's off. There you (laughs) go.
4: So I can turn that off,
3: great.
4: Great, so tomorrow we are opening up uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And again, this is a uh, multi-year
5: process.
4: So Margaret, can you tell us, can you you take us, how how did we get here?
1: This
5: is a long time coming. Truly, we've worked on this for several years, Walt Disney Imagineering as well, in close partnership with Lucasfilm, with the designers and the writers and everyone. And we really wanted to create a place... I mean, people have been dreaming about this, about walking into an st- immersive Star Wars experience for over 40 years. And we believe we have accomplished this, right? So we're so excited to share it with, y- with you. It is the largest, most technologically advanced, single-themed land expansion in Disney Parks
1: history. So, we're so excited to
5: Super ambitious uh, when Bob Iger told us uh, a couple years ago that he wanted us to be as ambitious as possible. And when you tell Imagineers to be ambitious, we are going to do that and we're going to even push it to the whatever boundary that we had before. So we really broke ground for a lot of things in terms of our technology, in terms of how we interact with the characters, in terms of our merchandise and our food and drink, everything. We really wanted to basically infuse the Star Wars DNA in everything that you experience. And we put so much detail into all of that. And we built such a beautiful land. It's 14 acres. If you think about Cars land, it's 12 acres. And so, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is 14 acres, and we're building two of them. One in Anaheim, uh, that's opening tomorrow, and in Orlando, that's going to be opening August 29th. So, we're super excited about that. Um, If we want to move on to the next slide, Corey. Uh, You know, we decided early on not to recreate something from past Star Wars story, but to actually create something new. We wanted to step into a completely new planet so that everyone no matter what level of fandom can enjoy this, right? So we want to be able to walk in with with a level playing field and to be engaged in truly all of our senses: our taste, sight, sound, smells, touch. We have uh, spared no expense in trying to put so much attention to all of these things that we truly cared about, and this is something that we talked about at length. You know, it's like. What, what do we want to do when we go into a Star Wars land? What are, what are the top things? What's the bucket list? What's the wish fulfillment as a Star Wars fan comes in here? And one of the things, of course, was drinking blue milk, for example. So that was something that we had to throw in there. Sure. <laughs> and ultimately, what we wanted to do as we we're talking about um, you know, building this land is we want you to live your own Star Wars story. We don't want you to be walking in the footsteps of another hero. We want you to be the heroes of your own stories, and we want you to be able to choose the path that you want to follow, whether you're more dark side or light side, or you're an independent, as a scoundrel. That's up to you. And you can live that life and, you know, go about your way in this land and have a land of basically a place set that's responding back to you, right? All those times that you play in the backyard wearing your Star Wars costumes and fighting your plastic lightsabers. Now this is a place where you can live those dreams. And we have great offerings. We have two anchor attractions that we are super excited about. Uh, One will open with the land that's Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run. And if you guys haven't been on it yet, it's going to knock your socks off, um, or crocs off, whatever you're wearing today. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be really, really awesome. And this was another <laughs> After blue milk on the bucket list, right? Number one was we want to drink blue milk. The second one was... Wear Crocs. (laughs) Wear Star Wars Crocs. Uh, We wanted to take the controls of the Millennium Falcon. We didn't want to just pilot it. We want to be able to take the controls and influence how the Falcon does on this mission. So that is going to be a super one. Um, And the third attraction, of course, is the land. That is something that we've talked about from the very beginning as well. It's like when I walk around in this land. I want to feel like I'm on a Star Wars planet. I want to be able to hear the sounds that I would expect to hear from a Star Wars experience. I want to taste, you know, the wonderful food and drink. I want to buy, and you know, buy all of the things that you can buy in a Star Wars plan. So all of these things we take very seriously because we have all kinds of levels of fandom within our own team between Lucasfilm and Imagineering. We're like, I want to do this, I want to do that. And we compiled all of those things together and created what we thought was a super experience. Um, and of course this had to be a place where it triggered all of your senses. And when you go in there and you know, You know, you will finally know what it smells like, and tastes like, and feels like in Star Wars Land. So, we're so excited to have all of you here.
4: And just to catch us up, where are we in the galaxy?
5: So, we are on a remote planet called Batuu. And this long ago was a training port, it was a crossroads, so it was bustling and everything. And so, with the advent of hyperspace, this planet was bypassed, so it invited and attracted more shadier characters like the rogue adventurers and the traders and the smugglers and the scoundrels. So, the more interesting and colorful characters of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. So, Black Spire Outpost is the largest settlement on Batu, and this is where you'll be going today.
1: <laughs>
4: Woohoo! All right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's just what I do. That was, that was my out on that one. Well done. Yeah, so, Matt, uh, okay, so. Uh, can you talk to me more about what this "live your own story" means? I mean, I know we, we were working on this, and and this. How do we how do we allow that to happen? I mean, why aren't we just seeing Tatooine and you know, uh, or walking through the swamps of Dagobah? Why why a new planet?
6: Yeah, we really wanted to create something brand new. So, not only does it give us as creators kind of more uh, freedom to to build. Kind of a custom experience, but to allow guests to live exactly the story that they want to tell and be the adventurer, the hero, the scoundrel that that they have always wanted to be. And actually, what's really cool about kind of Star Wars storytelling in general is that we look at it all as one singular continuity. So when we were developing This Land, we could have easily done a sort of greatest hits of Star Wars thing, but then you would have just been seeing things that you've seen before. Now, not only do you get to experience and tell your story, but Batu becomes a world within the Star Wars galaxy, and we will get to experience that throughout other mediums. And um, you know, it it lives in Star Wars the same way that Tatooine and Mustafar does.
4: Amazing. So this all sounds. Uh, you just mentioned yeah. it's all within the same galaxy. So that means it, it's like it's all connected.
6: It's right? all connected. Breath. Right. Hashtag, it's all that's Marvel's hashtag. We can steal it. <laughs> and so,
4: and so if you, uh, uh, so that, so it's taking that connection. This idea that uh, that's the connections even down in the place itself. Like we, we connected uh, uh, characters to talk to one another, and again guests and design symmetry between what we'll talk about with the uh, data pad and the fact that the, all of our characters actually have data pads in them as well. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about that?
6: Yeah, I mean every. Pretty much every shop, every area that you can visit has a backstory, has a proprietor. Those proprietors have their own backstories, their own relationships to the, you know, the other proprietors of the other shops. And it really has this whole lived-in story that I think fans have come to expect from Star Wars. And I think, actually, this guy is probably one of the key um, members of Black Spire, which is, this is Doc Ondar. He's kind of the, the main antiquarian. He's kind of a legend in the field and uh, we've actually started using him in other storytelling. In fact, he's mentioned in uh, uh, Solo. Solo, yes. Uh, That's right. Um, And yeah, now we've actually begun publishing other stories that take place within the land. Uh, I think Thrawn Alliances was the first book that went to Batu, and you actually get to see uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn and uh, Darth Vader in the cantina there, and you may actually see some some, uh, damage from when they were here. While you're there over
1: there,
5: um,
6: yeah, yeah, it's just it's pretty awesome to be able to read it and then go and see it.
1: Yeah, uh, the layers of
5: history, right? We want to make this this place has been around for a really long time, and you can see that when you when you walk in, you walk through the alleys, when you look at the buildings, you'll see that there are a lot of stories that are being told environmentally, because things have happened there. Things have gone down there. I mean, it is a spaceport, so <laughs> there's a lot of battles and all kinds of stuff going on.
4: Speaking of things going down, what about the-, the or now
5: not going up, Yeah, huh? right?
4: The, uh, you mentioned the, the bucket list things, right? The yeah.
5: attractions.
1: Yes.
4: Um, so, uh, first and foremost, we have to talk about the, the attraction that uh, hopefully that all of you will of be, be on here soon, which is the Millennium uh, Falcon yes. Smuggler's Run.
5: The most famous ship in the galaxy, oh my gosh, we, this is definitely something that we were super excited about when when we first started talking about it, and when we started talking about it with Lucasfilm is that, okay, we want to be able to not only be a a passenger on the, in in the Falcon, but we want to be able to take the controls. So, we, uh, there are three different positions that you can take. You could be a pilot, an engineer, uh, or a gunner. And each one of these roles are very unique and extremely important and vital, and you all have to work together as a tight-knit crew uh, in order to be successful in your smuggling run. So we have a character, his name is Hondo Anaka, and he's from the um, animated series, uh, and he, right now, this is the first time we've actually seen him come to life um, in the land. Uh, and he's, gotten into a little deal with Chewbacca here, you know, he wants to smuggle goods, he needs crews, which is where we all come in, and has made a deal with him, he's like, you know, you help me out a little bit, and um, we'll we'll smuggle some uh, supplies for the resistance on top of it. So, of course, you know, we think it's a win-win situation, but Hondo likes to come off a little bit more on top, you know, Mm -hmm. so they're going to have a little deal so that we can go on a very, very epic and dangerous uh, mission and we'll see how successful we are, but this is going to be an extremely immersive and interactive. Every single button push, every single switch is going to influence how you do, and it is a very challenging mission, let me tell you it that, is, it's, it's super
4: exciting. It, it's amazing, and not only uh, is, the, is the interactivity so, you know, it, it makes you feel that you're there, the place itself is beautiful. Yes. Um, that we spoke spoken with Doug, Doug Chang, too, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, the, who's built all the ships, basically, <laughs> of, of, uh, of the Star Wars universe, especially this biggest, you know, the fastest hunk of junk, the Millennium Falcon. And uh, he worked closely with the team, and uh, for every iteration of the Millennium Falcon, there's always something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But they went through and they chose all the best pieces of the Millennium Falcon. So, the Millennium Falcon sitting at the in Black Spire Outpost according to Doug Chang, is now the quintessential uh, Millennium Falcon. Yes.
5: Uh, and that see- is the model that they're going to go with from here on out. <laughs> so the, the Millennium Falcon that you're going to see today is going to be the model for future films and future other storytelling and other mediums. So we're super excited about that. And we've already seen people get really emotional. And, uh, you yeah, know, we've taken people over. That was just the, that was the artwork over there, and now this is the actual real life uh, Photo of the Falcon at the spaceport, and you know we, we we the ones that have been working here for a few months already. We're walking around, we're showing people, and all of a sudden we turn a corner and we forget we forget to warn them that they're about to see the Millennium Falcon, and they turn around and there was a group of Lucasfilm folks that we took and. One of them was just like, okay, wait, stop, stop, I I need a moment,
2: you know, and she was just, you know, it is,
5: there it is, and, you know, this is truly, you know, the Falcon is a character that a lot of us have fallen in love with when we first watched the Star Wars films, and we don't, we don't take that lightly, this truly is a beloved character. So here's a uh, photo of um, the Millennium Falcon from one of the film sets, and this is our attraction. So, every single detail, then this is the cockpit. So, every single detail, you know, how it's going to feel, the button push, the switches, you know, when we're jumping to hyperspace, like, what does that all feel like, right? So, we did a lot of research in terms of, like, what feels right, what what, what are the sounds we want, what are the movements, like, all of these things. And everything that you see outside through the glass window is something that's going to really take you by, you know, like I like truly, it's really, really gonna take you by surprise. And that
6: that exterior is actually the first time a full scale Falcon has ever been built. That's Even true, for the folks that only yeah. had to build parts that you're gonna see on campus, is the first plan. time it's ever been fully realized. That's true. That is very, very true.
5: And as you take off on the Millennium Falcon, you you know, there's going to be a couple of moments where you actually fly over Batuu and you'll get to see the spires um, around Black Spire Outpost. So it's really quite um, a very, very beautiful and epic and very, just just get ready, get ready to get on, you know, on this smoking run, I won't tell you anymore, and you know, just have to experience it to believe
4: in. One, one thing I love about this particular attraction, right, is the, the fact that it's a platform. Yeah. Meaning that it can be updated. It's going to evolve as the narrative evolves with so other missions. With right? other missions, so uh, it it will grow with us. And I I just adore that, yeah. that piece of this. Mm-hmm. So this takes us over to uh, the next the next bit.
5: Oh boy! <laughs> oh, <laughs> <well, laughs> wow! <laughs> yeah, Star Wars: Rise of the Resistance. <laughs> this is a, the, our other anchor attraction, and we're so excited about this one as well. This truly is. Epic, And you know what, every time, even other Imagineers who aren't on this project ask me, like, tell me everything about it. I'm like, look, I'm doing you guys a service by not telling you anything about it, because you can experience it the way that it's supposed to be experienced, which is a surprise at every turn and every corner. Um, The story is that you're arriving on Black Spire Outpost, and the Resistance are uh, recruiting. So here you are, if you are more to the light side and you want to join the crew, We're recruiting at the ancient ruins here, and um, you see an A-wing and an X-wing that you'll see later today. So as you go in, you know, you're gonna go on a uh, transport to go somewhere to meet with other resistance members, but uh, things don't go as planned and you're going to get captured by the First Order. So, of course, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of tension as you try to escape and trying to find your way out, and uh, this is going to be a really epic battle, and you might come face to face with uh, a friend of ours, Kylo Ren, so. uh I a
7: friend of yours. <laughs> well,
5: you know, I'm you know, happy my family's dark side, I'm definitely dark side, so that's why I, when I say we, you know, that.
6: that's obvious. That's plain. Yeah, I get it, I
1: get it. Well, all,
5: this, uh, all of these uh,
4: that we're talking about right now, like the land, the attractions, to bring you deeper into the story, but uh, there's other things to talk about because Let's be honest. There's other people on stage.
1: So, <laughs> hey, Brad, hey
4: Hi,
0: how are you? I'm great. You're all the way <laughs> on the other side
4: over there. So, uh, can you tell us a bit about like the merchandise experiences that we have in the land?
0: Absolutely. Uh, I have to step just a couple paces back and just talk about uh, a little bit of what I think I experienced and and most of the team working with me experienced when it comes to the idea of being able to create merchandise to fill a land as as immersive as the one that uh, the team's describing to you here today. It's a sense of awe, like your inner child comes out and is like, we're going to do what? And it's all going to be new and we can do all these things. And then all of a sudden it gets very daunting to think that, wow, we have over 40 years of Star Wars behind us and no film in history has the legacy of merchandise, including the toys that Star Wars has with it. And it's now been generation after generation as those original kids from 76, 77, 78 have shared their toys with their kids and so on and so on. So we we really did set out here to do something completely unique. The lens of this story, the story of being on Black Spire Outpost in a place like Batu, really gave us um, the creativity and the energy to deliver a product that was so authentic so real, so Star Wars, so immersive, never really um, giving you a chance to even step out of the story. Um, lots of technology running just below the surface, but really everything is to put you in the driver's seat. You are not only gonna pilot the Millennium Falcon, but you're gonna have some very rich, unique retail experiences. And um, the next one I'm gonna talk through is, is really a visit to Sabi's hand-built lightsabers, and I would say of of all the experiences that we looked at here and and developed here, this is the one that really checks every single one of those boxes. It's it's hard to shake a memory of the first time you saw Luke Skywalker use his green lightsaber, or when Ahsoka and her friends uh, made a visit to Ilum, or spent some time with Hu Yang, talking about how they built lightsabers (laughs) from scratch and the choices that you make, and to be able to bring that to life in a space that is so unique, so special, um, and a storyline that I think probably many kids at one point or another have lived through in their own mind, yet to see it come to life in front of you is um, such a treasure, and I hope that each of you get the chance to step into Sotheby's. Um, These are just a couple of examples of lightsabers that you can build at Saabiz, but you really have Uh, Star Wars is all about choices, not just choices you make, but the choices of things you leave behind, and you have a series of choices. Um, You choose things like a kyber crystal that connects with you, stories that you connect with, and the result of all those choices is the lightsaber that you walk out of Savi's with. So very, very unique retail experience. But just around the corner from Savi's, everyone in the galaxy can use a good droid literally the best sidekick in the galaxy. So take a visit to Droid Depot. You'll have the chance to design your very own BB Droid or R-Series Droid, an astromech that's completely built by you. You'll have a chance to go over to the assembly belt, pick the parts yourself, pick the colors, pick the styles, assemble it, even with some use of some power tools. Corvair loves a good power tool. Um, And then you're gonna be able to watch that droid get activated, paired, and come to life right in front of you. And as you make your way around Black Spider Outpost, you'll find that that droid also um, can sense what's going around um, the outpost and can help identify for you, whether you're around the First Order, around the Resistance. You can even give your droid an affiliation if you want a deeper level of experience. And these are just a few of the um, droids that have been built okay. over the Droid Depot. Um, another absolutely can't miss visit is to Doc Ondar's uh, Denim Antiquities. Um, this is a place of curiosity. You cannot stop looking. Uh, every time I go in, I don't know whether to look on the first floor, the second floor, the ceiling, or the floor. Uh, everything around you um, is just filled with rich story. And there's a sense of, I want to understand this collection. Um, and hopefully um, there's some things the and Dar is willing to barter with. And he'll actually let you purchase and take out of the store. So maybe you um, have an interest in things of uh, the Jedi. Things that maybe were found from ancient Jedi temples, or the darker side of the Force, things of the Sith. Uh, I recognize some pieces from uh, Emperor Palpatine's former office there. Um, One of my favorite things to find in Doc are the holocrons. Holocrons are ancient keepers of wisdom, and if you are a user of the Force and can tap into it, you can unlock this wisdom and learn from so many of those that have come before us. That kyber crystal you used, by the way, over at Saviz can also be taken out of the lightsaber, dropped into the holocron, and you'll find that it is also loaded with wisdom. Or you may want to purchase additional kyber crystals here that'll change the color of your lightsaber or unlock even more information from your holocron. So lots of levels of discovery. If you take a step over to the marketplace, uh, I love a good marketplace. Anytime I visit a new country, uh, you want to go to the market. That's the place where you discover the foods, the smells, the goods, and if you're really lucky, you find a fantastic pet shop. And we have the craziest, (laughs) zingiest creature pet shop in the entire galaxy. I guarantee it. Uh, so many wonderful creatures. The world of Star Wars is filled with them. Uh, we've got tauntauns and Horns and Warts and Pucker Pigs and Rathatars and uh, I can get a monkey lizard, Quacky monkey lizard, anyone, anyone? Uh, so many fun creatures um, up for adoption. Uh, I've taken a few home with me already. You can't not stop at this creature shop. <laughs> right across from the creature stall, uh, we have our toy area and toy maker, Zabaka. She's heard the stories of those that have come and gone from this um, port. She has seen the vehicles that have landed here and from those stories and from those interactions, she's handcrafted toys for kids of this outpost <laughs> and for visitors and um, you know, she hasn't seen every single one in person so it's not like she had a 3D model to work from. Some are just a little off, definitely hasn't. Our artisan type of style to it, but um, pick up some artisan style uh, plush, handcrafted (laughs) figures, musical instruments, games, so many great games in the world of Star Wars, so you can pick up a Sabacc or even Djarik here. Great things to find in the Toydarian. Just next to the Toydarian you find Black Spire Outfitters. This is where you come if you really want to get into character and you want to have your own adventure. You can easily get into a tunic, a belt, a vest, a sleeve. All these things are made to be uh, put on with whatever you wore to the park today. You can add it on right on top of it. And I just want to mention the level of detail and authenticity that we went for here. We literally went back to the original legacy archives of Skywalker Ranch. We pulled out original patterns where we could find them. We matched fabrics, matched stitching. We went to the films that we're making today, made sure that every detail that we could bring to life, you as guests and everyone that visited us would have the opportunity um, to enjoy and see firsthand just like we did. I always remind everyone, check Disneyland.com for the latest in costuming guidelines, but there are plenty of ways to get into character and have fun. Just across from the Outfitters, you find the Jewels of Biff. These really are trinkets to treasure. Um, Any place you visit, there's always locals that have pride in the place that they live, the place they grew up, and they wanna share it with you. So if you put a local spin on it and you're going to Los Angeles or New York, you're always going to be able to find an I love where I'm at. But this is the place. That, <laughs> <laughs> this is the place that all the residents of Black Spire are able to say, um, you know, this is who we are, this is Black Spire Outpost, this is Batu, and you really can find the latest and greatest from the area um, right there at Jules Abyth. Now, outside of the marketplace, I have heard Uh, because Margaret told me (laughs) (laughs) the Resistance have landed. So if you are loyal to the Resistance and want to show that loyalty through some gear, definitely check out the Resistance Outpost. Um, And unfortunately, sometimes when the resistance around, the First Order are not far behind. So we also have the First Order, they have landed, and they are the heroes of their story here. 709 is our battalion, uh, but they're here to convince the residents that they are the keepers of peace, they are the keepers of order, and they would love to let you uh, get into some First Order gear as well if you're allegiant to them. So, so much to see and do um, around Black Spire Outpost. Awesome. And just as we were talking about the land itself is,
4: is constantly pulling you deeper into the story. You see the merchandise does exactly the same thing. It, it not only does it deepen the story, it broadens the story for, uh as, uh, as you get to know the outpost. But there's also the food. Uh, the food and the drinks. So, Michelle, can you tell us how you developed the food
7: uh, I of gotta, Star Wars? I gotta tell ya, you gotta get into the story. It is about the story, right? As much as um, Walt Disney Imagineering and Lucasfilm spent time showing you what the story is, the food has to come from the base of the story first. So as we all talk about, we all saw blue milk. What is blue milk? It was a big discussion for us. What do we know about blue milk? It's blue. (laughs) It has a Pantone color that's blue. (laughs) Uh, We we went through this process of discovering what do we know about something. And for us, Blue Milk had this conjured a lot of different people ideas. We have an incredibly creative culinary um, team within our programs, both coasts, that worked on this. And so as we got into the development of each of our locations, it was really about what is the story, Mm -hmm. who is the proprietor, what do they bring to the story, Remember, Black Spire Outpost was a port, a shipping port. So it had, it could come from different places, but how did that story come? And so as we go into this, this is a little bit about that. But, you know, what What kind of outside, out of the galaxy place would be without a cantina? So, yeah. welcome to <laughs> Olga Kara's Cantina. Uh, she is the local crime boss. Um, She keeps things from ruling. Remember, this is about bounty hunters and smugglers and um, scoundrels and all sorts of worldly visitors. Um, But it's an out-of-this-world kind of um, low-key with a little bit of a twist because we have our uh, DJ RX-3 droid who he kind of had a problem on in Star Tour, so we brought him over um, and he is now the DJ in the cantina and he keeps things hopping most of the time. Uh, but we've got a lot of concoctions in, the, in uh, the cantina, family-friendly concoctions as well as those with a little bit of a punch. Um, and so we will have both alcohol and non-alcoholic beverages available. There, and it is a fun place, and it is meant to be. Uh, so much of the story, you know. There is a blue milk, uh, blue mantha. That blue drink is a blue mantha. Uh, there is a bloody rancor with that rainbow. Uh, there's something called the spirian cap on the right, if you happen to be here in the morning. And then there's a non-alcoholic drink. I think that's a. I believe it's a Tatooine sunset. Sunset on there. But also, as we went, you know, we talked a little bit about blue milk, um, in the village, just on the outskies of the village, is the blue milk stand, <laughs> where you can get uh, blue milk. And blue milk, for us, could not be cloying, right? It could not be milk in its truest form, yet it needed to tell that story. So what we really came up with was a plant-based dairy, so everybody can enjoy it. It's a combination of rice and coconut milk. And blue from A New Hope, what did it taste like? Well, it, for us, it was a little bit tropical. And then green from The Last Jedi, because you can't have blue without having green in the, in the saga, is really to understand that, that green was, for us, a little citrus and a little floral. I, I can't wait for you all to try them, because at some point, somebody's going to say, oh, blue's my favorite, and somebody else is going to say, oh, green's my favorite. So we look forward to hearing what your favorite is. What's your favorite? I, I today I'm blue. Today? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm blue. today I'm blue today. Um, also, the marketplace, as Brad mentioned, the marketplace is a bustling place of stalls. It really is about the proprietors and their stalls. The first one you're going to come to is Ronto the Roaster, and Ronto has got a, a, um, a smelter droid. I can't. to say droid. Smelter droid. <laughs> And the smelter droid, he is working the rotisserie with these large pieces of meat. Features two items. Really unique items. Number one item I think in the land, this is Michelle's personal favorite, is the Ronto wrap. Mm, um, and I, I got it, it's it's great. It's
1: good. Yeah, it's really good. It is a pita
7: bread with a slice of pork collar, with a grilled sausage. With uh, a Szechuan peppercorn sauce. Oh, Not real hot, but it does have a little bit of fun. And then some crunchy cabbage on top. Uh, it is delicious. Yep. And then the Nuna turkey jerky. What's a Nuna? It's a Nuna turkey jerky. It's a Nuna turkey. <laughs> okay. And then that pink drink there is called the Bellaroon juice. Uh, so I encourage you to, as you're coming, in, I know you'll come again. Um, it's hard to try all the things at one time, but come back and try that. Uh, Docking Bay Food and Cargo, often to be seven Food and Cargo, is our quick service location. Um, lots of different foods coming from all over. This happens to be our chef roast with a capatelli pasta. Um, of course, we've got Endorian tipia. That's a chicken from Endor,
1: and it's good.
7: And the Pollutions, they said, hey, wait, wait for okay. us. The Pollutions are in a Pollution Garden spread. This is a, a plant-based kafta of white bean hummus mm-hmm. with uh, pita bread, and it is vegan, and it's a great item. And then we have our smoked katsu ribs, a blueberry corn muffin, and a uh, red cabbage slaw. And then uh, our black desserts, we have a batu man, and then an oi oi pop. And I will tell you that both of them, I, I can't choose. They're
4: great. I know, I can't choose. All right, we're done here, bye.
7: Happy week. week. I'm starving. And then also in the stall, I know, 100. Also in the stalls, on uh, the marketplace, is Katsaka. And he's a grain vendor. Um, Katsaka has made a unique collection of, of sweet and spicy. Um, and it, I really encourage you when you try it, try it together. Okay, it's uh, Katsaka was really insistent about eating it together. He didn't. Say, he said no. We don't pop sweet. We don't pop spicy separately. Pop it together. Eat it together. So this is Katsaka's kennel. He was quite insistent on it. Now, as our as as we talked about, this is a spaceport, so things are <laughs> dropping in all the time, and our, our great partners. At Coca-Cola Company, have <laughs> um, developed uh, and brought Coca-Cola to us in only the way we can serve it on Batuu, in Arabesh in an orb. And, Oregon. and uh, we will have Coke, Diet Coke, Sprite, and Dasani water available uh, in the land, And so it was—it was a great partnership between Walt Disney Imagineering, um, Lucasfilm, Coca-Cola Company, and Disney Parks to bring this to us. So we're really excited. I hope you all enjoy. I'm enjoying right now. So you will get taken take off
4: for it? <laughs> it? Are you refreshed? I'm feeling refreshed. I'm ready for air galactic travel. (laughs) uh, Okay, so we've been talking about how the land brings you deeper into the story, right? Through uh, what you're you're seeing, what you're tasting. But there's also, as Brad mentioned, it's a level of choice that also is very inherent to the Star Wars journey. So with that, uh, Nisha, can we talk about how we're using technology to help uh, reinforce choices to bring people deeper within the world?
8: Yeah, absolutely. So I see a lot of phones in the crowd today, which is great. <laughs> and I hope you guys all have Play Disney Parks downloaded on it. Um, we know that, as, as Margaret mentioned, we know that people have been pretending to play in Star Wars for over 40 years now. Um, but we really want to give our fans and the people who come to two a way to play for real. Um, And this is sort of what we're trying to do with the Star Wars Data Pad, which is a game that's available within Play Disney Parks, uh, which is a mobile app available for both iOS and Android. Uh, Download it before you go, so you can have the full experience when you're there. Um, And this is really a a way for the Walt Disney Company to allow you to interact with the parks in a whole new way, on a whole new level. And with Star Wars Galuses Ed, we're really pushing that even farther than we have in the past. so Some of you might be familiar with some of our previous experiences um, in the rest of the park. But here at Galaxy's Edge, your phone will turn into an in-story, completely immersive Star Wars data pad. You'll recognize the look of this from some of the screens that you might have seen in the movies since we really went deep into a lot of the reference that was provided by Lucasfilm and the amazing team there uh, to be able to make it look and feel as much as possible like it's an actual Star Wars device. Um, and, and to Corey's point earlier, like Zavaka at the toy store and uh Mondar at, at the antiquarian shop, like, they Rex. all have their own data pads and you have one now too. Um, And so you can really use this to explore the land and really uncover some of those really cool storytelling moments that you won't be able to find in any other way. So with your datapad, you have four core tools that you can use around the land um, to be able to sort of have this amazing sort of draw back the curtain experience and really get to engage with some of these characters. You can use your datapad to hack into devices and droids. That includes the X-Wing and the Millennium Falcon, so I, I definitely suggest that you try that. Um, You can scan to see what's inside all of these crates that are getting moved around this bustling spaceport and you might find some um, interesting artifacts in there. Um, You can translate uh, that Arabesh language that you'll see all around the land uh, into English so you can understand what some of those signs are saying. And then you can tune into the antennas and sort of get a better understanding of how these characters are actually talking to each other um, and understanding some of their backstories by sort of eavesdropping into some of their communication. So there is really a lot to do around the, around the spaceport, and you kind of want to keep your head up and out of your phone to sort of see the clues around you for where you can interact. Um, we also do have a brand new experience um, that we've never really done at a Disney park before, uh, which is a whole um, sort of land-wide experience called Outpost Control. And uh, once the First Order arrived here at Black Spire Outpost, they started to install a little bit of a surveillance system on some of those door control panels that you'll see around the different uh, areas of this land. Um, But the Resistance maybe wants to stay a little under the radar and doesn't want to be tracked. And so you can choose to help the First Order install their surveillance system or help the Resistance uh, stay under the radar by installing defenses. And uh, really help that faction of your choice and gain a reputation with them, and help them win control of the outpost by hacking into these door control panels with your data pad. And this is an experience that everyone in the land is playing simultaneously together. It is something that is uh, completely organic. It changes every time you play it. I've played it a number of times now, and it always ends up completely different. have a completely unique experience every time. And my friends and I love to wander around, and I'm like, I'm First Order too, Margaret. You and I are in this together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm always hacking these for the First Order and trying to find the best way to strategize where to put my efforts so that I'm So that the First Order can win. And it's really up to you to sort of decide the fate of the Outpost. It's really up to you how you want to spend your time at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge with your data pad. The things that you do and the choices that you make with this experience are really what is going to help create your persona, your Star Wars story that people might actually remember. So you might hack a bunch of droids, get a little bit of a reputation as a droid mechanic, and then someone might ask you to help you sort of repair their droid because they know that you have a reputation of having away way with those little guys. Or you might have spent a bunch of time in the cantina and someone might ask you, hey, I've never tried that fuzzy tauntaun, how is it anyway? So you might have a, you'll you have a really unique <laughs> sort of, everyone <laughs> is going to have their own very unique experience. No one's experience is going to be exactly the same with it. And it's going to really be so personalized to your own Star Wars story that you're going to have just the coolest time. I'm so excited for you guys to try it out. <laughs>
4: That's uh, one, uh, one thing I love about all of this, right, is that, they, as you can see, the, there's been a lot of thought into uh, the layering of the world and how, how deep and how rich it goes. Uh, like, even into the we, – we didn't just do story, we did culture, yes, uh, exactly. in the sense that there's our, there are traditions mm-hmm. that are uh, within the, uh, the spire. There's
5: local customs, there's local phrases and yeah. that we've developed. They're exactly right. And it, it, it feels like a believable,
8: authentic place in the galaxy.
4: Because it is a be- it's believable because it is. Uh, and one of the thing that we love to just to throw out there is the idea of the cast members themselves. Uh, cast members are terms for those that are, you know, uh, operating our, our daily parks on a daily basis. Here we call them inhabitants because that's truly how they believe. They have their own origin stories of how how they came to Black Spire Outpost. I encourage all of you to ask them about that. And uh, just like action figures used to have a little bit of the story on the back that would tell you a little more about the world itself, they have that own. Uh, Point of view as well that allows you to understand a little bit more about the world of Batuu as well as Black Spire Outpost. So uh, the last ingredient will really be all of our guests, no matter how you feel about Star Wars, no matter uh, how, you, how much you know about Star Wars, there's a place for you here. Um, and we cannot wait to open our doors tomorrow and welcome all of you home. And so with that, we'd love to open it up to all of you uh, to ask a few
3: questions. We have time for a few questions. Uh, Jeremy will be over here with the microphone, and Michelle over here. So if you could raise your hand, and then uh, when you get the microphone, if you could stand up to help our analysts see you. Thank you.
0: We have one
3: right here. Hi, fantastic presentation, thank you. Uh, I'm wondering about food and um, allergies, and you, know, you mentioned there was a vegan dish what kind of uh,
7: dietary restrictions can be accommodated? We've got a diet, we have a, um, you know, when we develop the menu, we try to be as broad as possible. Our team is, um, as, as you know, throughout our parks, we try to be as accommodating as we can safely um, with with our products and have choice for everybody. Um, as I talked about the blue milk, it is plant-based. Uh, on that, we have, um, a dietary, a special dietary menu at Docking Bay um, Cargo, food and cargo, that has a list list what is friendly, gluten friendly, what is um, allergy friendly on that. On that, you also, as as with all of our locations, can always ask to speak for a chef if there's something you have a specific question.
4: Any menu items that might not be listed that might be a little more child friendly?
7: Uh, we have a child's menu at Docking Bay. Okay. because So is an adventurous menu. There is a uh, that the, I would I would lay money that there are two items in the there are three items in the kids menu of Docking Bay. Um, we have two items. We have a um, vegetable kind of a taste of takagana that is a vegetable based. A lot of kids will eat protein and so. We have a dipper, so it's like a finger-dipper type thing with uh, treats. We also have a, um, a, a kid's tip-yip and mac and cheese dish, and we also have- Mac and cheese in- and offset. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Dr. We, we have
4: <laughs> Hi. Um, I was just wondering, you had mentioned that there's like the remnants of a Darth Vader fight in one of the spots, and I was wondering when about in the Star Wars timeline,
6: Marvel experience <laughs> takes place. Did you say it's a Marvel experience? with the... in this, in this inspe- ex- experience, so the the park is set during the the sequel trilogy, the, the most recent uh, trilogy of films. But it has representation from across Star Wars storytelling, from the prequels to the animated shows, the original trilogy, books, comics. There's there's something for kind of every fan. But the story, the story that you're walking into is a sequel era story.
0: Um,
8: hi. First, I mean, amazing job. As a fan, I can tell you, it's amazing. I'm living
7: my dream. <laughs> Second, as a father, I cannot wait for to bring my kids. They're going to have a blast. So congratulations and thank you for that. Um, when
8: in the timeline, in the universe, does this happen? I mean, the Millennium Falcon is stationed
6: here, so when, in, in the whole movie, when, when is this happening? Is, is this
1: after? It's it's during
6: the the, the, the newest three films, so uh, episode eight, seven, eight, and nine. It's during that window. When Kylo was around. Yeah, when Kylo was around. Hi.
7: Uh, I was just wondering if you could talk about why you guys decided to make the Cantina the first location in the park that's going to sell alcohol.
1: I, let me let me address that. that is that going to be me? Food, yeah, drink. Sure.
7: Okay. <laughs> I, I'm not sure what, what aspiring outposts we wouldn't expect a cantina, and we are about a storytelling company. So um, for us, this made complete sense. It would be out of story if we didn't address it um, and address it appropriately. We are we've had um, alcohol in our parks worldwide um, for a long time, where it made sense and when it made sense, and this was just the appropriate storytelling to um, interject at this point. Um, so, I, that's what I would, I would say to that.
1: Yeah. the Hi. So, uh, I'm aware that this is
8: Star Wars, obviously, right? But Disneyland itself and Disney as a um, Franchise has been very technological and innovation focused. So, um, I was just curious: in what ways do you feel like um, Disney and its focus on places like Epcot and Tomorrowland? How has that inspired or even informed how you went about creating the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge land?
4: Can I can I ask uh, one more just a follow up to that? Uh, are you asking about like how did uh, uh, when you mentioned Tomorrowland, uh, you're talking about that, the way the technology is shown there at, at Epcot and Future World as well as Tomorrowland? How we how we view technology as far as storytelling? Yeah. How
8: do you view um, storytelling along with technology? Yes. How, if at all, has the innovative sphere of places like Epcot Center and Tomorrowland? What a great
4: question. So if you didn't hear the rest of it, it was kind of like, how did the innovative spirit influence uh, this land? An amazing question, because uh, it it is the core of Imagineering, that uh, the innovation of pushing the next uh, 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 tool, the next technique, the next uh, uh, way that we want to do something is always uh, always at the core of the way we do things. Uh, The way we view technology, though, is technology is in support of story. And it's not the story, uh, especially this land is uh, the most technologically advanced land that we have ever produced at uh, within but the Disneyland. always in service of story. But always in service right. of
5: story. And we always want to one-up ourselves too, you know, because when right. we open something, we open an attraction, we open a show, we open a land, we have so many lessons learned that we take to bring to another project. And we never rest on our laurels about it at all. We we're always constantly trying to one-up each other and trying to to, trying to challenge each other to do more. And that's something we really uh, take very seriously.
4: In fact, one uh, to, to add to the end of that is that uh, Scott Turbridge, our executive career director, uh, uh, he came from research and development. So his first role with the, the Disney company was actually looking at new technologies. Uh, Asa Kalama, myself, we, we both came Uh, from research and development, working with him, and whenever uh, Star Wars was uh, assigned to Scott, he brought us over because of those very reasons of uh, allowing us to to bring our experience of uh, new technology and new technology advancement with us.
7: And and I would say in food and beverage it's very similar, right? When you look at some of the beverages, um, there was a picture of a, a little Petri dish in there you wouldn't have ever thought of serving a beverage, you know, 10 years ago, 5 years ago, in a Petri dish. Except not beverage. So technology okay. comes in a different, uh, in different ways, in different, in different means. And that's certainly, would, uh, probably would led from both of my partners to my left. Because I think that we all look at how do we change up better and grow in the story. But how do we grow um, with technology? How do we grow? with development, and how do we grow with new process and flavor along the way?
3: And we have one more in the back. Thank you. Hi, thank you so much. Um, wonderful presentation, super excited to go experience the land. We, can we expect any character experiences um, with any of the film characters or TV show um, in the land?
5: There are many characters familiar and new in the land, and you will meet many of them. So. Um, uh, from the proprietors in the stall to the characters that you see walking around, to the creatures, to the droids. Uh, we wanted, to, we, it was very important for us to cast a wide net and a very diverse cast of characters. So we definitely uh, will have those character in, in encounters and experiences, if you will. And
4: the, the, the breadth of those character encounters, the way that you will encounter them, is also very varying as well. Uh, uh, it, it's not just a one right. one way of meeting them. There's You'll meet them in all sorts of different ways throughout.
5: We uh, want to surprise life, you. So. We yeah. want to keep you on your toes. That's definitely something, you know, this is a smuggler's port. Uh, things don't, are, aren't always predictable. They aren't always as planned. So you might have a few surprises as you walk up around.
6: And you dressed as, as Leia may want to watch out for <laughs> Yeah, right? <laughs> No, thank you all. Wow, wow. Awesome, amazing,
3: fabulous. About the land, you know, the last few days, wow, wow, wow. And this panel, you know, you've you've just brought it to us. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. They, They really represent the teams, the many teams that came together and collaborated to create Star Wars Galaxy's Edge.
2: Thanks again to my friend, the Tim Trekker, for allow, bringing me along with this media event day. It was a lot of fun. He knew we were already out here on vacation, so it was just perfect timing. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, we did a lot. Immediately after this Q&A session, they rushed us over to Galaxy's Edge through the theme park. Uh, so it was kind of a bizarre moment. Um, a lot of us even had to go uh, to the bathroom. <laughs> uh, Didn't even have time to take that. We had to rush over and jump on Smuggler's Run because they were holding up a lot of local uh, YMCA kids um, before they could ride it. Um, It was a special treat for all of us. Uh, We really enjoyed it. And like I said, future show, I'll do a full review of the land and what we saw and and who we saw. Uh, We saw dozens of celebrities that day, so it was pretty special. Um, But for now, I sign off Uh, we get to go to galaxy's edge uh, a couple more times on our my own personal uh trip here and as they say in batu till the spire